What's happening? Slick! What's going on? Slick! Treason! Betrayal! An Imperator gone rogue! An Imperator? Who? Furiosa! She took a lot of stuff from him, Morton Joe! What stuff? Breeders! He's prized breeders! He wants them back! Got a hand laid on them! By my deeds, I honor him. V8. <laughs> I'm driving! You're my Lancer! I just promoted myself! <laughs> Not today! Today is my day! Look at you! If you can't stand up, you can't do war! He's right, son. I'm not staying here, dying soft! Uh, you're already a corpse! I just need a top-up! There's no juice. time! We take my blood bag! We take my blood bag and strap into the Lancer's perch! It's got a muzzle on it! It's a raging feral! That's right! High-octane crazy blood filling me up! I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die historic on the Fury Road. Alright, so welcome back to another wonderful show, another wonderful episode of Chuck Goes to the Movies, where we talk about different films or filmmakers that impact our lives or influence our love for movies. And I am joined today by not one, but two very awesome guests. Uh, they are hosts of a show called A Podcast on Elm Street, Mark and Brooke. Brooke and Mark, however, what order y'all ever want to put it in? Welcome to the show. Guys, how are y'all doing? Doing good, man. Thanks a lot for having us. Yeah, I'm doing good too, man. Awesome. I'm glad y'all are here. And by the time this episode's aired, my episode with y'all will have aired. So I'm really glad that we got to do these two collaborations. I love discussing uh, Dead Silence with y'all on y'all's show. And y'all picked a really great one for my show. I'm so excited to talk about some Mad Max. Yeah. I can't even take credit for that. That was all broke. Yeah, me too. Like, oh man, I've been wanting to talk about this movie for so long. And ever since we agreed on it, like every time I send me your episodes, I, I keep thinking like, all right, I'm going to pick this for this scene <laughs> and this and this. So just getting so excited. So I know like when I was sitting there thinking about what maybe my favorite scenes were, I, I've told guests in the past, you cannot pick an entire movie. Well, it, it was just kind of hard with this one. There's, yeah. there's not a one scene in this movie I hate. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of hoping you'd maybe make a an little exception. bit of an exception for this one. <laughs> uh, well, guys, let's uh, let's do a nice mediocre podcast. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> before we actually dive in, I've got a couple of shout outs that uh, I promised some people that I would do. Uh, I promised my friend Shannon about two months ago I would shout her out. During my Big Lebowski episode with Robbie, we used a trigger word, apparently. Uh, I'm not going to repeat the word. <laughs> Um, what does it rhyme with? It rhymes with hoist. Ah, it starts okay. with an M. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah. Not uh, a fan of that word. Not a lot of people are, and it just really <laughs> didn't cross my mind about how many people don't like that word. So I promised her that I would do a public apology. So Shannon, if you're listening, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> an apology long overdue. Uh, and so let's, uh, kind of just dive right in with some, uh, Guys, tell me a little bit, or tell our viewers a little bit about your show. Talk about yourselves for a bit. <laughs> All right. Uh, so like Chuck said in his intro, we are a podcast on Elm Street. Um, I'm Mark that's talking right now. Uh, every week, generally, we try and sit down and talk about a different movie. Uh, all horror movies, all the time. Um, that's what we focus on. Uh, I don't know. How many episodes do we have? 
we're at like 36, 37. Anyways. So yeah, we've been firing them off quite a bit during this whole pandemic bullshit. Cause oh, can we swear on your show? I can't remember. You can swear all you want to. <laughs> all right. All right. I wasn't sure if you had any child viewers or not. Um, but yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Ever since the whole pandemic thing's been going on, like, like I, I was off work for a while and we just had some free time. So we started banging them out like crazy and here we are. Yeah. Man, y'all have been putting out some really great episodes lately. I have to admit. Thank you. Yeah, we try to like pick movies that, you know, not every horror podcast talks about. We try and pick some different ones that not a lot of podcasts cover. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, we do like the big, huge, you know, like mainstream ones, but we like to cover movies that people don't really talk about or don't cover. So, absolutely. I, you know, I have to say, I really love the fact that y'all talked about Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> I, love, I, I like that movie. I, I'm just saying. I, I like I'm, with you, <laughs> I'm with you, man. I'm with you. All right. So, uh, what I normally do at the beginning of every episode is I like to ask a random question. So, this is going to be a question for the both of y'all. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. So, you, again, if you have the same answer, great. If y'all have different answers, even better. So, the question becomes with the future of Mad Max kind of in a little limbo right now, they really don't know if it's going to move forward anytime soon or stuff like that. Would you be more upset if they did a Furiosa follow-up, which was their original plan, or like they're talking about now, eliminating her altogether and just keeping it with Max? Ooh. Which one? Uh, which one would you be more upset about? I'd be more upset about them eliminating her completely. Yeah. She was such an integral part of this movie. Like, how can you take her away from any future future uh, installments of it? Yeah, Absolutely. like, whenever I heard a few weeks ago that um, the, they're doing, like, the Furiosa movie, and then they weren't casting Charlie Theron as Furiosa, and I was just mm. like... That's insane, too. Yeah, and I was like, that's just insane, like... I've always thought that this is more of a Furiosa movie rather than a, a Mad Max movie, Absolutely. which we'll kind of talk about later. But I also noticed, like during this watch, the opening credits when they have like the actor's name, it has both of them the same amount of font on the same page. So it's not like mm-hmm. you know Tom Hardy as Mad Max and then like after it's Charlie's as Furiosa. Mm-hmm. They both show up in the credits at the same time, same size, everything. So it's kind of like both their movies kind of mm-hmm. yeah even though it's titled mad max it's I, don't know, I see it more of a furiosa story that's a good point yeah i agree with that wholeheartedly because and i'm sure we'll dive into this a little bit more as the episode progresses but uh yeah i feel like they had to carry the name mad max because otherwise people wouldn't know what they're getting into going into right. the movie mm-hmm. you know if you put mad max in the title you've already just captured an entire fan base. It doesn't matter that George Miller said this is part of the Mad Max universe. Yeah. You have to put that in the title because that's what's going to draw everybody, and then he can make a movie about Furiosa. And I do want to note that even though they were the same size font and everything like that, I couldn't help but notice how Charlize Theron was at the top part of the screen and right. Tom Hardy was down here at the bottom part of the screen. It might mean nothing, but you know that kind of gave her top billing physically. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah. And uh, actually, like, touching on that, I was going to bring it up during your next kind of segment about the uh, the movie box numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I wonder if if they didn't name it Mad Max Fear Road, if it would have done as well, like, in the movie theater. I don't think it would have. 
quite yeah, honestly. I agree. It, it would have yeah. been one of those things that would have had a maybe later life, uh, kind of like a more cultish following once people yeah. realized how great it was. But, you know, if you wanted it to be an immediate hit right off the bat, you had to do right. it as Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. I mean, notice how they didn't give Max any lines basically throughout the whole movie. (laughs) I feel like that's a trend with Tom Hardy movies. He likes to play the silent type. He really does. Until he's Bane and then he can't get him to shut up. Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) Like, dude, stop monologuing for a moment, please. Uh, What's that one movie? He's in Lawless, uh, where he just grunts his way through the entire movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he was actually perfect in that movie. All right, let's dive into some movies specific. So it was released May 15th of 2015. Uh, it had an initial estimated budget of $150 million. And on opening weekend, it did $45 million. So it's kind of low yeah. for yeah. a movie like this. But again, it found its following. It became one of the biggest hits of 2015 and even into 2016. Do you... Uh... Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Do you know what movies came out that same week or like that were in the theaters while it was there? I did not look. May 15th of 2015, I honestly don't know. Okay. I was going to say like if it was going up against like an Avengers movie or something like that. Yeah. I don't I mean, think I can it get one. I can get why it only did 45,000 because like the first Mad Max movies like Beyond the Thunderdome came out what like late 80s, early 90s? Yeah. So, like, yeah, like probably clean. not that many, you know, people in 2015 knew who even Mad Max was. That's very true. I mean, you mm-hmm. you put so many years between these movies that you're going to not lose a fan base, but your majority of your movie goers aren't going to understand who Mad Max is unless you've mm-hmm. seen those movies. And it did yeah. find its life eventually at the box office. I mean, everybody started talking mm-hmm. about it. I heard, first heard about it on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon when he wouldn't shut up about how amazing the movie was. (laughs) So I was like, damn, I have got to see this movie. He called it an action-packed ride from beginning to end, and you just don't have a time to relax. And it's absolutely true. Uh, And it did go on to gross uh, worldwide $375 million. So that's actually not bad for a movie like this. you know? Yeah, Yeah. more than double. Uh, Do you all have any other... uh, factoids about the movie release or budget or anything like that that y'all want to add in here uh i don't have anything no no all right so uh we don't have anything to add about uh this movie so for anybody who hasn't seen this movie um i'd be surprised if you haven't but if you haven't here's just a little rundown of what it is in a post-apocalyptic wasteland a woman rebels against a tyrannical ruler in search of her homeland with the aid of a group of female prisoners and a psychopath uh, wait psychotic worshiper and a drifter named max so this this description of the movie right there leads you to believe this is not a max movie yeah i mean they threw him right like as an afterthought at the end of that little uh description of the movie there critics and audiences love this movie alike so on rotten tomatoes i always like to go do a comparison on rotten tomatoes it came with a 97 percent rating with critics and certified fresh which means it got a majority of great reviews and uh, raving reviews from the critics and got an 85% audience score. So those are some really awesome numbers. 85 is too low. 85 (laughs) is too low. (laughs) I'm sure people found a reason to hate it. I didn't read through all the audience reviews. Uh, Mm. There were a couple of uh, critic reviews that I did want to highlight. So the first one is uh, James. uh, I think I'm going to screw this guy's (laughs) name up. Berardinelli, 
He uh, writes for real reviews, and he said, Mad Max Fury Road delivers. There's no clearer or more succinct way to put it. 30 years after the last appearing on the big screen, Max roars back with a vengeance. So, yes, this movie is awesome. Yes, this movie is action-packed. But again, he's throwing a name Max out there, and I really feel like we need to drop this name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really Mad Furiosa. Um, and then another one I wanted to kind of highlight, uh, comes from Richard Roper and we all, anybody who's listened to this show knows I love me some Richard Roper. Uh, (laughs) it speaks volumes for the sheer ferocious, awesome, insane greatness of Mad Max Fury Road that I'm not even ticked off about Tom Hardy getting stuck wearing a face mask for a good chunk of the film. So (laughs) I thought that was funny. That was definitely yeah, a good one. Yeah. Um, there, was, there was one review that I saw, because I wanted to see, I think there was like 14 negative reviews from the critics. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to see like what they were about. Yeah. There was one from a woman named Pamela Powell. I don't know if you have Rotten Tomatoes up, or I'll pull it up on my phone. Um, I just wanted to like read it off quick, if you don't mind. No, go ahead, man. Because uh, I kind of want to pull a Jay and Silent Bob and hunt her down. uh yeah so pamela powell she's from the daily journal in illinois mad max fury road is one of the worst and meaningless movies i've ever seen (laughs) like i wanted to bring that up because like she gave it a 0.5 out of four um she probably got covid who cares (laughs) but like as as a woman I'm, I mean, we're all men in this conversation, but like mm-hmm. as a woman, you would think that you would love this movie. Like yeah. this movie is all about female empowerment and yeah, and taking women away from like an abusive, yeah. uh, abusive like combine. Basically, is what it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Where all that they're all they're good for is breeding war children and <laughs> being like giant milk tanks. Basically, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It just kind of strikes me as odd that a woman uh, critic wouldn't uh, like didn't see the meaning to it. Like as she called it meaningless. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I obviously we can't speak to her mind at the time, but uh, you know, I can only speak for like my wife. She doesn't like this movie because she just says there's just, there's way too much happening. There's way too much going on. You know, it's too much to try to focus on. And I'm like, okay, sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. But that, that's not a reason to hate the movie. It's still a great movie. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, eh, to each their own. I mean, we try not to take... Usually, if critics hate something, I love it. Yeah. This is one of those rare times that critics love something that I, you know, I love, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good reading. Um, sorry, my notes are kind of all over the place. <laughs> I have notes on my phone from when I was at work today, and then I have notes on my notebook. I'm just like everywhere. That's that's what I was telling Brooke before we started. I said I have notes all over the place, just <laughs> different parts throughout the day. Wherever I was, I was just writing them down. I know. It's like as I thought of something, I would put a note in my phone, and like doing this, I don't know whatever rewatch I am on this one. All of a sudden, things are popping into my head. Uh, I do want to highlight though. I was rooting hard for this movie at the Oscars. It got nominated for 10 Academy Awards and yeah. won six of those awards. Yeah. Yeah. And very deserving. Very deserving. And unfortunately, I don't think it won the 
awards it really should have won. So it won for Best Film Editing, uh, Best Costume Design, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, Sound Mixing, Sound Editing, and Achievement in Production Design. So these are all those are all great categories to be winning mm-hmm. in this movie. It was yeah. definitely uh, worth it. It was nominated for Best Motion Picture of the Year. I honestly can't remember who it lost to, but I can kind of understand. If I remember correctly, it was a movie that did deserve it just a little bit more. But I really thought George Miller deserved the Oscar for this one. Directing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. And what he was like, how old was he when he directed this? Like in his 80s? Yeah. I mean, he has been planning this for years. And, you know, for somebody who's been in the the film industry for as long as he has, he doesn't have a lot of directing credits under his belt. So he's very picky and choosy about what he does. And I'll get there in a little bit. He's chosen some really weird ones, but... A lot of his movies are Mad Max movies. Yeah, his Mad Max movies are amazing. (laughs) And, I mean, it just... Uh, Other directors I know are in awe of him. I remember reading an article once where, uh, what was it, Robert Rodriguez at at a film festival where George Miller showed scenes incomplete scenes of this movie when he was done showing scenes robert rodriguez stood up and was like how did you do that how did you yeah. film that you know yeah. so he, this director is a genius and a mastermind and he's revered by other directors i really think he needs to be a little bit more rewarded for that mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. um i like that you kind of brought up the the awards that it won because it won for best film editing and this like i found this really interesting so it was George Miller's wife who did the editing on it. Mm-hmm. And she had 470 hours worth of editing that she had to do. And it took her three months to do it. Yeah. And she, she asked, yeah, that's, that's insane. insane. And she asked him, cause this, she'd never done an action movie before. She said, why are you picking me to do this? And he said, because if I pick a male to do it, it's just going to look like every other action movie out there. So like, she really kind of made this movie almost her own. And it obviously paid off. She won the Oscar for it. She gave it the woman's touch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Could you imagine being stuck in an editing room for three months? No. I mean, I'm sure there are no. worse movies to be stuck in an editing room for three months with, but still. <laughs> yeah. This is a lot. Uh, so, with all that in mind, how has this movie impacted your lives or influenced your love for movies? Which one of y'all wants to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. All right. Um, so this movie has only been out for five years, and it, it seems like it just came out, you know, two years ago. Mm-hmm. So it really hasn't impacted my life, but it's definitely influenced the way I go into a movie theater. Like the first time seeing this in the movie, you just lose track of time. Mm-hmm. And especially like I watch it with a friend and like everything, something crazy happened. You just like get pumped up and like, look at your friend and just like scream with joy. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. And like, I watched this movie in the theater twice because like, I loved nice. it so much. And every time I go to the theater, like this is the type of movie that I want to have an experience with. Like mm-hmm. I want other movies to live up to this. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was going to quote a, uh, uh, a YouTube reviewer I've been watching for years, uh, Chris Stuckman, whenever he did his review on it, he said that this is an action movie that comes out every, you know, 10 to 12 years. You know, you got Terminator 2, The Matrix, The Dark Knight, and like Mad Max Fury Road is going to be one of those movies that people are going to be talking about for generations. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. And those are some good movies to compare it to. Mm-hmm. It is. And, uh, 
like this is just one of those movies that you just you get excited to watch and even though you watch it you know six or seven even ten times every time you go into it you find something newer that you don't catch yeah absolutely so i think so i think the way it influenced me is just going into the movie theater you know hoping that this movie will give me the same feeling that Mad Max Fury Road did. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Mark, same question. Um, yeah, I'm going to say the same thing. Like it hasn't like impacted my life yet. Um, and I can agree with everything that you said. I didn't see it twice. In th- actually, I don't even, yeah, I definitely saw it once in theaters, but definitely not twice. Um, but like, I was saying to you last night, Brooke, like it was what, 10 30. Yeah. And I still hadn't watched it yet. Like obviously <laughs> I was planning on watching it, but I'd worked all week and I just haven't, didn't have a chance to. Yeah. And I said to him, like, I texted Brooke. I was just like, you know, man, like I am not like, I have no motivation to watch this right now. Mm-hmm. It's a two hour movie. It's 10 30. I just worked all weekend. And he's like, dude, just put it on. <laughs> and like literally I put it on and I was just like, Oh yeah. I forgot how good this movie is. Um, But like, yeah, like Chuck, I was telling you earlier today, this is easily a top five movie of mine and quite possibly a top three. Oh, yeah. I'm in the same same boat you are. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I only watched half of it last night and I finished the other half this morning. And then my wife woke up and she came in. She's like, she looks at the TV. She's like, why are you watching this? So what do you what do you mean? Why am I watching this? She's like, well, you've seen this movie like eight times. I said, uh, yeah, and I'm going to see it like another 28 times. Like, this is one of the best movies ever made. But in uh, going with what you said with that guy that's on YouTube, like he's putting it up there with all these other movies. But I feel like this movie doesn't get talked about enough. Like in like you hear about the T2 way more than this. You hear about the yeah. Dark Knight. Like everybody's yeah. talking about all these movies in the Matrix yeah. and all that. But like you don't hear anybody talk about this movie. And I'm not saying it's underrated or anything like that. It's just like it's not talked about enough. I agree. And I going into that whole thought process is, is what uh what my answer is really gonna be. So just like you guys, this movie hasn't really impacted my life in any way, shape, or form, except for the fact that it's given me a new movie to love. I will admit though, um, if you listen to my last episode, I did not name it in my top five movies. And I kind of regret that. Um, <laughs> my bad, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to use the excuse. My brother does so the top five can change at any moment. So like yeah, top five now true. is going to be different than top five, like three years from now, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only a few movies that are going to remain consistent on there. And for me, that's always going to be oceans 11 and Apollo 13. They're never leaving my top five list. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, as far as, like um, influencing my love for movies. Uh, when we talk about a movie like T2, everybody was so amazed by it because of the special effects that was used in it. There were, uh, you know, that's when CGI was really kind of taken off and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And James Cameron is just a mm-hmm. genius. He's one of my favorite filmmakers in the world. Yeah. Please do not ruin Avatar. Um, <laughs> uh, and then you have a movie like The Matrix, which, again, very just the special effects behind it. Um, 
more use of CGI. Then you have a movie mm-hmm. like Dark Knight. Uh, it did go a little bit more practical. Christopher Nolan tries to remain as grounded as possible. Uh, but I think that's what makes a movie like Mad Max absolutely fantastic, or Mad Max Fury Road more specifically, is that mm-hmm. George Miller believes in practical effects. Most yeah. everything we watched mm-hmm. in this movie from beginning to end was something that was literally done with a truck, with a person, with rigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. computer stuff was done in post-production to make the skies look better, or that yeah. sandstorm look sandier, and things like that. Um, and that's what influences my love for movies now i actually cannot stand movies that are heavily used cgi anymore no yeah and i i I know i've talked about it several times is that cgi just doesn't hold up because it's always evolving and always changing so five years from now endgame is probably going to look like crap i'm just saying Mm -hmm. yeah 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 that's That's, you know that's funny that's how i feel about horror movies because i feel like i watch like a newer movie like that comes out, you know, this year, last year, and like for their monsters or whatever, they use CGI. Mm-hmm. And then you just think back to the eighties and just the, the effects back then were done so well and they still hold up. Yes. Whereas the CGI now, like, it's not, okay, it does look good sometimes, but then, you know, it's just not right. Mm-hmm. Like that transformation in American world from London. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. And but, just uh, yeah. good practical effects. And uh, you talk about like, the practical effects. There's a really good um, uh, bonus feature on the Blu-ray of this movie mm-hmm. where it shows how they came up with all of like the cars. Like they're literally going to these junkyards and just finding bits and pieces off of cars and putting this together, you know, for days. Yeah. And it really makes you appreciate it. They definitely look like junkyard cars too. Like yeah. that's something that these people would, build in a post-apocalyptic world yeah Yeah. absolutely it's very realistic very um just it's very grounded in reality there's nothing fantastical about this movie whatsoever and i think that's what makes me appreciate it even more um Mm -hmm. as an action film because it just doesn't go out of the ordinary like this could happen this could be a future that we see well hopefully not but (laughs) (laughs) the way things are going (laughs) yeah uh so let's talk about the cast a little bit. So like I said, um, there's a lot of people in this movie. Uh, there really are, but uh, there's only a few people I really want to spend the time to highlight. And it's not that mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to recognize other people, but uh, we could probably be here for three hours at this point if we start <laughs> talking about everybody in the cast. Oh, yeah. yeah. So let's, uh, let's start with the man himself, uh, Max. Uh, played by Tom Hardy. Everybody knows Tom Hardy. He's been in several roles, especially in Christopher Nolan films. Uh, he's popping up in all of them, it seems like. And then he's he's actually had a pretty good career, even with shitty movies like Star Trek Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I always forget he's in that movie until I'm like flipping through and I'm like, oh shit. Oh, yeah, he's in that. <laughs> playing, yeah, I forgot that he's in that. Yeah, uh, playing um, Picard's clone. Yeah, <laughs> they look so much alike. Um, what's your favorite Tom Hardy movie? If you had to pick one, besides this one, besides this one, okay. Hmm. Probably Lawless. It's a great one. It really is. That is a good one. Um, I'd probably go with Warrior. Oh, oh, the, uh, see, thank you. The Warriors yeah. are great. 
That's yeah. a good call. Yeah. That is a I'm great switching call. switching my pick. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was, I was torn between those two, but I'm also one of those people that likes the guilty pleasure movie, This Means War, with him and Chris Pine and Reese Witherspoon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that yeah. was good. Yeah, yeah. It, was a lot funny. of people didn't like it, but I, I thought it was great. Um, yeah. Then we got... I think Sh- Bronson. Oh, oh Bron- no, 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 no. Bronson was a great movie. Yeah. yeah, I put that on my list, too. Like, he always does these kind of, like odd character movies Mm -hmm. where he just gets so into character and uh yeah i think that's why uh i I heard that george miller and charlie's theron actually did not get along with him on set because he was difficult to work with and i have a feeling that was just i want to i want to believe that was just because he was truly in character and max is not an easy person to get along with yeah, he uh, he apologized that too, or yeah. apologized for that, saying that like he just didn't see where George Miller was going with the because everything was shot in sequence, right? Yeah, he shot this movie this from movie. beginning to end in sequence, which so there a like, lot of directors don't do. Yeah, no. and that's crazy. Like they're in the middle of the freaking desert, and like nobody knows what the hell's going through George Miller's head, mm-hmm. and like what his in his vision is for the movie. So everyone, I think everyone was just kind of getting a little ticked yeah. off with them. I think what everybody also needs to remember is that George Miller has been creating this movie in his head for 30 plus years. He yeah. he had the storyboards done up on this movie before he even had the script written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He knew it was going to be a more visual movie than an actual dialogue movie. Yeah. And uh, another Tom Hardy, it's not a movie, but uh, him on Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on Peaky Blinders? Really- yeah. He's in it for like eleven episodes, and he has the most ridiculous accent. Like you do not know what he's saying. Um, but he's so I find good. that even with some other movies, like uh, what's that Christopher Nolan one that came out two years ago, Dunkirk? Oh, Dunkirk, oh, yeah. yeah. Like he just does these small little cameos where, he, like, you don't know he's going to be in it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's he's good on Peaky Blinders, and that's a great show as well. You know, I, I ride hard for Tom Hardy. He's he's a good actor in my mind. Um, like The Revenant with him and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Leo yeah. won the Oscar that year for that role, which I think was kind yeah. of a pity win in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, it was the same year as Mad Max was in the Oscars too. Oh, so that's that's who Mad Max lost to then. Uh, I no, think Mad it, Max lost to Spotlight as like the best picture. Oh, really? But Leo won Best Actor. Yeah, but yeah. Tom Hardy was way better in that movie than Leo was. Just yeah, throwing yeah. that out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we got Charlize Theron playing uh, Furiosa. Again, another name everybody recognizes. She's won her own Oscar for playing Monster. Have y'all ever seen that movie? That's my favorite movie of hers. Oh my gosh, that movie! I, I haven't seen it yet. Oh man, you yeah. Oh, you need yeah. to watch that movie. Her, yeah. Christina Ricci. Just it's a good movie. It's a good Phenomenal. movie, but like. I don't know if True I'll ever watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, my fa- one of my favorite movies of hers is a movie that's uh, kind of related to this. She had to shave. She shaved her head for this yeah. role, and yeah. then at the same time, she was filming um, a thousand ways or a million di- a million ways to, to die in the West or something like that. Yeah. yeah, that movie's hilarious. But she wore a wig for that movie <laughs> yeah. because of her shaving the set. Um, and yeah. I, I also liked. Um, uh, Prometheus. I know a lot of people I didn't. Like that. Yeah, I didn't mind I didn't that one. Yeah. yeah, and I liked her in that movie too. I thought she was good. As a movie in like the Alien universe, I didn't really like it, but as like as its own movie, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. 
Um, That's what I always tell people uh, to feel about Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Look at it as a standalone film. Do not include it with the Star Wars movies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I cut you off, Brooke. No, that's all good. I was just going to mention the Italian job. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah, Yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is a good one. Uh, Then we got Nicholas Holt uh, playing Nux. Uh, He's been in in a lot of stuff. Uh, The x-men series to just name one uh he's been acting since he was a little kid uh when he appeared in what was it about a boy with hugh grant yeah i think that's what everyone kind of knew him from Mm -hmm. um because every time you'd see him be like oh it's that kid from uh about a boy yeah and uh also going back to x-men i thought he did really good as beast i thought he was a good cast for that That i thought he was a great cast for that Absolutely. Yeah. I thought yeah. actually, you know, I know speaking of X-Men, I thought they did a good job casting all the characters. Yeah, in, in and it's opinion. funny. Um we'll get to the other actors, but two other actors in this movie were also in X-Men first class. Really? Yeah. I know one of them. I'm looking at my l- list of cast members. So I mean, we'll we'll get we'll to get her, there. but uh yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Um, and then we have uh, Zoe Kravitz, who plays uh, one of the wives. One of the, yeah. I love Zoe Kravitz. I th- one, I think oh, she's beautiful. Yeah, uh, she is. Two, I don't think there's a movie that she's been in that I dislike. No, no, I, I, I'm in love with her. She's amazing. She is like um, Big Little Lies. Like I got hooked on that show. Um, amazing show. Now, I've also heard uh, the show High Fidelity. I haven't watched it, but I know it has a lot of uh, following. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet uh, either. Yeah, me either. But uh, yeah, she's in the movie Dope. Oh, yeah. That's Dope a really a good one. Movie. But uh, yeah, she's in X-Men as well. X-Men First Class. Oh, that's right. I forgot <laughs> about that. It? Yeah, she, she plays like Angel, I think. Yeah, I think she plays the one with like the wings on her back, oh, like the yeah. fairy girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah okay. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, me too. And then she's in the the Fantastic Beast franchise currently as well. Yes, yes, yeah, great movies. Okay, let's talk about that real quick. What Fantastic um, I Beasts? Wasn't, I wasn't a fan of the sequel, but the first one I thought was I love pretty the fun. First one. The first one was good. The sequel was yeah. trash. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, I think I have like, something against Johnny Depp <laughs> nowadays, though. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what ruined it for me. Amber Heard's been getting in your head, hasn't she? Yes, yes. <laughs> she texts me on the daily. This is what Johnny's been doing. <laughs> uh, the next uh, person I want to highlight is uh, someone who is not uh, a new face on the Mad Max scene. So, uh, Hugh Keys mm. Byron Burn Byron Byron Burn 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 mm-hmm. the Immortan Joe, but he yeah. was also in another Mad Max movie as Toe Cutter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I need to go back and watch that because I know. I'm trying to remember like what he what he looked like in that. Um. Oh well, yeah. Because in this one, he's just wearing a mask the whole time. Yeah. So you really, you yeah. only yeah. see the eyes. Uh, but I don't know him outside of. The Mad Max series, quite honestly, no, me either. I don't think he, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. Uh, the next person is Josh Hellman, another X Men. So I knew yeah. there was another X Men guy in there. Yeah. So another X Men uh, 
Alum. So he plays uh, Slit. He plays Nux's uh, Lancer when they're out there on the car mm-hmm. uh, being mm-hmm. war boys. He's got like the Joker face like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great yeah. makeup work there. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that was something they did with makeup or if there maybe was a little uh, post-production CGI on it. But it almost looked like every time he talked, like his cheeks were opening up too a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. So, Good makeup work, if that's what it was. Amazing, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and then you got uh, somebody like Rosie Huntington Whitley. Did I get her Whitley. last name right? I think it's Whiteley. Whiteley. But... I'm bad with names, guys. I'm better with faces, <laughs> quite honestly. I'm going to butcher everybody's name, so I hope these people can forgive me if they ever listen to this show. Uh, I only know her from Transformers, quite honestly. Yeah, when yeah. I looked her up, that was the same thing. She's, she's a supermodel. Yeah. That's yeah. Like what she's most famous for. They did find some pretty women to play the roles of his wives. All four yeah, of them. They yeah. Made, yeah. Or, was five. It four? five. There five, were five. Yeah. Uh, one of them I really didn't know, but four of them definitely recognizable. The other three mm-hmm. were Riley Keough, uh, Abby Lee, and Courtney Eaton. Mm-hmm. Fun fact about Riley Keough, she's Elvis Presley's granddaughter. I can actually see it. Mm-hmm. Looking at her picture right now. Yeah, I can actually see that. <laughs> yeah. It's in the eyes. Yeah, nice. she's a great actress too. She's in a movie called American Honey, and Brooke, you've heard me talk. I, about yeah, it. I haven't <laughs> seen that yet. Oh, is yeah, he like, talks about it a lot. It's a fantastic movie. I've heard great and things about I it. Recommend it. Uh, one of Shia LaBeouf's best movies, in my opinion. And that's saying a lot because he's kind of a weird actor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's very weird in that movie too, but he does it so well. Yeah, I heard great things about his performance in that movie. It was kind of like his redemption performance, his yeah. comeback. Yeah. Uh, and then that's all I had for cast members. Did y'all have anybody else I wanted to add to that? I put Nathan Jones on there. Nathan Jones. He played, he played uh, Erectus. Yeah, Erectus. Yeah. Okay, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of uh, Morton Joe's sons. Yeah, the big one, not mm-hmm. the little guy that's in the <laughs> thing. but uh, yeah nathan jones he's an australian actor and uh he was in boar which i know you've seen Oh, okay yeah and uh i'm not gonna say it's a great movie but (laughs) it's it's a fun watch at least and he does a really good job in it uh there was something else that he's into but i forgot to write it down he's a monster of a man though he is huge yeah don't want to be on the receiving end of that ass kicking. <laughs> um, what was he in? Oh, the condemned with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, two big dudes. Yeah, whenever yeah. they're on that like fight island kind of thing. That's a great movie. Yeah. Poor Stone Cold. Whatever happened to him? <laughs> I remember when he was a big thing. He drank too many PBRs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then he had that really weird. Uh, did y'all ever see Grown Ups too? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he had yeah. That, like really weird uh, appearance in Grown Ups too. It's just like, mm-hmm. what are we watching? Uh, here? Yeah, super out of place cameo. It very out. Of, well, <laughs> almost every cameo in that movie was out of place. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, I want to talk about George Miller, the man himself, the reason Mad Max exists. Uh, great director, great screenwriter. Mm-hmm. Um. He actually started his film debut. His feature film debut was Mad Max in 1979. Followed yeah. that up with uh, Road Warrior in 1981. 
And mm-hmm. then uh, he did another wonderful movie that I love, Twilight Zone. I referenced that a lot. Um, it, it's one of, especially when I'm talking about Gremlins, because I really feel like that's where Gremlins made its first appearance. Yeah. Um, when John Lithgow's uh, on the plane and he's looking out the window on this little thing, creature is like chewing apart the wing of the plane. It looks so mm-hmm. much like a gremlin. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, and then in 1985, he uh, came out with Beyond Thunderdome, which yeah. I think is probably one of the better ones of all the original Mad Max series. Yeah. And this one I actually didn't know. So in 1987, he did The Witches of Eastwick. Really? Yeah, it doesn't seem like a George Miller film. No, it doesn't at all. And it's actually a good... It's I haven't seen the movie in years. I do remember it, but it's a good film. Jack Nicholson, Susan Sarandon, Cher, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Just a great cast. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, this is the other one that kind of threw me for a loop. I had no idea he did Babe, Pig, in the City in 1998. <laughs> I didn't know that either, but I did see that in his uh, on his IMDb. I was like, really? How do we go from Mad Max, Witches of Eastwick, to Babe, Pig in the City? <laughs> and then he did uh, Happy Feet in 2006, Happy Feet 2 in 2011. And two more movies that are way out of Yeah, it. just like, this is a George Miller film? Really? Yeah. <laughs> and then in 2015, he gave us what is just an absolutely amazing film, Mad Max Fury Road. And his last movie. That's his last movie. He does have some upcoming projects listed, um, and mm-hmm. one of them being the Mad Max sequel. So mm-hmm. I hope I, this gets off the ground soon. Yeah. yeah. I read that Tom Hardy signed on for three more. That's what I read, too. And yeah, so, yeah. And hopefully, if that's the case, they feature him a little bit more and maybe actually let him talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that Not I don't mind a quiet Tom Hardy every once in a while, but, you know, let, it, let the guy I feel talk. like even when he... I feel like even when he did talk, it was like really quiet and mumbled and like, yeah, like you could barely hear what he was saying. Yeah, I feel like it was the whole Bane thing again. I feel like the mask Mm -hmm. muffles when he does talk. And then when he had the mask off, he was just speaking very quietly. So they had to do a lot of post-production work to maybe amplify that voice. Maybe he had to do some quick Foley work to kind of uh, redo his speaking lines and whatnot. Yeah. So that brings us to a wonderful little category mm-hmm. called top favorite characters, actors, actresses, all that fun stuff. Brooke, why don't you lead us off? Who are your favorite actor, actresses, or male character, ma- uh, female characters? All right. So for my male, um, I'm not going to pick him, but Nux is like my absolute favorite. Like I'm sure one of you two will talk about him. Um, <laughs> like that one scene near the end, like every time I watch it, I tear up. Yes. Um, just because his character arc is is amazing. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But I got to go with a little character called the Doof Warrior. <laughs> now, do you guys know who the Doof Warrior could be? I do. I know who he is. I know. I think I know who he is, but I think I have him <laughs> written down under another name. Probably. Probably. He is the uh, the guy jamming on the guitar the whole movie. Yeah, he was my special mention. Yes, he is. Yes. Awesome. Oh, he's like so the good. the first time that I saw this in the theater and saw like the guys in the back of the drum drumming yeah. and you just hear the guitar goes around. You see this guy with the guitar. You're like on these strings and flames coming out. You're just like fuck yeah. 
<laughs> it just made the car chase. It, it took the car chasing to a whole new level. Yeah, your yes, own and, rock music while you are yeah, chasing and yeah, oh, yeah. it's just so awesome. And like I'm sure we'll mention it later, but the soundtrack to this movie, like the guy that plays the doofor, he's actually an, an Australian um, musician. I think mm-hmm. his name's like Iota or something yeah, like that. Something like that. But, yeah, uh, Sean Hape, and he goes by Iota. Yeah, and just. Like, it's not even just this one scene every time that um, Immortan Joe's, you know, uh, cars or whatever convoy. Come, mm-hmm. convoy shows up. There's mm-hmm. just the Doof Warrior jamming on the guitar. It doesn't matter what he's doing. Like, the one scene, you know, whenever near the end when he's getting, you know, beat up, he's still jamming on the guitar, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. So, and uh, fighting to get to it. Yeah. So, I got to go with the Doof Warrior just because, oh, man. So amazing! I like that pick. That yeah. that's a great pick. Yeah, great. Pick. So, yeah, um, that guitar weighed 132 pounds. Really, and it actually shot flames out of it. Like that wasn't <laughs> CGI or anything. I I, I got to be honest. I'd be completely nervous. Obviously, you know they probably put the whole system through tests and the safety and everything yeah. like that. I'd be completely yeah. nervous. But the other part of me really wants to play that guitar and cause flames oh, yeah. to come out of it. Oh yeah. All he had to do was push on the whammy bar, and that's yep. what shot the flames out. It's nuts. I just want to do it once in my life. Uh, kind of like Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> yeah. with the flamethrower and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I just want to do it yeah. once in my life. <laughs> yeah. What you got, Mark? Um, I took. I said Nux. Um, I feel like Mad Max would have been like an obvious choice just mm-hmm. because he's like the star of the movie. Honestly, he was really probably not. my like least, least favorite. favorite yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, like, I obviously didn't want to say him. And, yeah, Nux is definitely my favorite. Um, Brooke, what you said, like, his character arc is, it's crazy. Like, it's the biggest arc in the movie for sure. Yeah. Yeah, outside of Furiosa. Well, yeah. But he starts off trying to, um, like, trying to hunt them down and and get them all back, like, as part of the convoy. And then he ends up helping them in the end. Yeah. Like, he just wants to get to Valhalla and then yeah. just the one scene with him Witness and Furiosa, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's a great yeah. choice. Yeah, great choice. What about a female character? You go first. It's got to be Furiosa. Of course. Like, yeah. I was going to say, like, the five wives, like, as a whole, just because, like, they're good, too. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's Furiosa, 100%. Um, yeah. I said, like I said, like Furiosa is like a god to me. Like she's the best. But <laughs> I gotta go with all the uh, female warriors that they find at the end. Like the all these these uh, old yes. old ladies who are such badasses. Like the one thing they say, like when they're in the convoy, they're like, "All right, one headshot. That's all it all takes," you know. Mm. And they're just trying to get these, you know, kill the males and in the uh, in the convoys, and they're just badass. They are bad. They all did their own. Oh, go ahead. No, no, yeah, yeah. I was just about to say what you were going to say. They, okay. I read that they all did their own stunts in this on those sequences. Yeah, that's amazing. The yeah. one woman's like seventy-eight years old, mm-hmm. and she. Someone asked her like, "Oh, like, why would you take a role on like this?" And she said, "Because I'll mm-hmm. never get a role like this offered to me in my life." Like, yeah, I like I. Yeah. She's basically yeah, and like they're only in the movie for you know, like introduction, like five or ten minutes. But just that one scene, whenever the lady passes her bag of all her mm-hmm, seeds and mm-hmm. stuff like that to the one wife, and you just get like emotional because mm-hmm. they're trying. She's been spending her whole life trying to grow back what they had. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And she she believes in the chance of rebuilding the world that once was. And mm-hmm. I think that's right. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, guys, I have to agree with you on all of that. I chose Nux as my favorite male character. I, um, I like Nicholas Holt's energy and what he brought to yeah. the part. Um, I, mm-hmm. Like you said, his character arc was just absolutely amazing. These are brainwashed war boys. And so they're just going to do everything they can for the Immortan Joe. And they just believe in getting to Valhalla. But then mm-hmm. he starts to see that there's more to it than that. And mm-hmm. uh, he has that redemption, definitely. Yeah, uh, for his character, yeah. Furiosa definitely the best female character. Um, a lot of great female characters throughout this entire film. Like you said, this film is riddled with female empowerment and things like mm-hmm. that. But I really feel like she was the leader in all of that. And just Charlize Theron's a great actress and yep. nice to look at, even with bald hair and really weird <laughs> eyeshadow. Very true. Uh, yeah. and then of course my special mention, Iota, that just guitar playing freak. I love him. uh so so let's move on to top five or not top five top three scenes or sequences so we we discussed this at the beginning of the film this is one of those rare exceptions where i think it's just safe to say the entire film but can we narrow it down to any particular scenes i'll start yeah do you want to start you, you go ahead. I don't know. Okay, I, I'll just start with one scene and then we can just go from there. Go on. So I ha- did have one scene on here, but I feel like you guys are going to mention it. So I'll go with like kind of a shot. It's an overhead shot of whenever Furiosa leaves off the main off Fury Road. And you see the telescope guy look in the telescope of her leaving. And then you just get this overhead shot of her way in the front another convoy behind her. And then you see a Morton Joe's huge convoy following behind her. Mm-hmm. And just this beautiful, yeah, it's just this yeah. beautiful, like widespread shot of this desert and just them chasing her. Definitely. It was definitely a beautiful <laughs> shot and just a wonderful sequence. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with that. <laughs> um, can we keep going or I'm going to do my top three now or like, yeah sure okay um the other scene yeah yeah so the other scene i had was whenever they're running away in the mud with their truck Mm. and the uh the bullet farm guy i forget what his actual name is but he's like chasing after them and max has like the sniper rifle and he's trying to shoot him but he just can't and then friosa just grabs it tells him to get in the knee and puts the gun on his shoulder and just snipes the fuck out of the bullet farm guy don't and breathe. you're just like, fuck yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Like, l- let the woman take charge in this this scene, you yeah. know. Let her do her thing. And it's just, it's a badass. Yeah, that was a really cool one. It was a good and one. And then, yeah, the last scene I had um, was whenever Immortan Joe gets killed. Like, it's his character is kind of disappointing a bit. Like, he's not that menacing. He is scary as fuck. But just when he gets killed, and every time I watch it, it's it's like a horror movie. Like mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the rating on this movie is. I forget what it is, but just his face gets ripped off, and like it doesn't pan away from it. It just mm-hmm. shows it, and you're like, oh man, yeah. so brutal. I about to say I don't know um, the big differences between the ratings between the U.S. and Canada. Here it was rated R. Yeah, oh, okay, maybe it was radar too. here too. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. I don't but, think we have any differences. No, but uh, yeah, just that show of uh, the scene of him getting killed. Just she 
puts like the hook on his mask and then she says something and then just puts in the tire just rips his face off and just like oh man disgusting and brilliant yeah that's one question i have but like it's at the end like in a different segment okay okay no worries all right what do you got for scenes or sequences uh this is the scene that i'm sure brooke was mentioning um whenever the first chase starts Mm -hmm. and like we see the the fucking What's his name? Doof Warrior. <laughs> just going to town. Like, you just get so pumped up. Like, yeah. you're watching and you're just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, you feel like you're right there with them. Like, yeah. you're just right fired up over it. That's why I really wish I would have seen this movie in theaters because I imagine yeah. that's what it was like on the big screen. Like, you're just oh, there yeah. in this car yeah. chase mm-hmm. with them. I, I I waited too long and I didn't watch until yeah. it was already out of theaters. <clears throat> and big yeah. regret. Like like this character kind of reminds me. I don't know if you you're a, a gamer at all, but the the newest like Doom games, mm-hmm. just the soundtrack to those games, and you just have the headphones on. There's just this hardcore metal playing. You're just going around <laughs> yeah. killing demons. It just gets you so much like amped up for what you're invested in. Yeah, yeah. Those games are meant to be like just a run and gun kind of game with the metal music playing in the background. But, uh, I've never personally played, but a lot of my friends are. Uh, big gamers and stuff like that. So I'll watch them mm-hmm. every once in a while. Yeah. 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 Uh, my next scene is the last sequence of the chase. Like whenever they pick up the, what are they called? The Volva Volvanis, like the old ladies. Uh-huh. So yeah. like how they're all fighting and like jumping back and forth. And you got those guys like on the big, like pole vault things that they're swinging over oh and like grabbing yeah. everybody. That's yeah. such like, they're, like connected so cool. to motors. Yeah. It's such <laughs> it's a cool insane. sequence. It is. Um, and lastly, this scene is, uh, it's very weird and it's very short and I don't know if I want to call it like a top three scene, but it's one that like, I really, I don't know, like anyways. So whenever we first see like the, the milkers, like the ladies that are hooked up to like these milk tanks, Mm -hmm. cause it just shows just like how twisted Emerton Joe is yeah mm-hmm. like he yeah. has these women that are literally their sole purpose in life is to provide milk for his war children and yeah like the kids and everything and like at the end after they go back and they find out that they killed Emerton Joe they knock over these big huge vats of milk and it's just like it's insane how much there is it's like a full water tower kind yeah. of thing. yeah yeah and like so that's all that they've done so it just showed like goes to show how twisted he is and like what the world's really come to. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 was a, actually kind of a disturbing scene. It um, was. It yeah. was, yeah. Did y'all ever read a book called The Giver when y'all were kids? Yes. Yeah. I don't think I did, no. Really? I don't uh, think so, no. It is such it a gr- it's a great series. <laughs> uh the movie adaptation was not the greatest. Uh no. but uh the book was just absolutely wonderful and it always makes me think that uh of the roles that uh, people play in that society and um mm-hmm. the book mm-hmm. and one of those roles is people who become literally birth mothers. That's their job is to yeah. give yeah. birth to babies and stuff like that and I was just like, man, that can't be a life. That's got to be a miserable mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that, and that's what that scene always just makes me think of—is that one yeah. little section of the book uh, from the Givers. Y'all got anything yeah. else before I list mine? I'm gonna say list yours, just in case. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think there's one thing we can all agree on. It is 
that initial chase scene when you've got mm-hmm. Furiosa and her crew, the people from the gas town, people from the bullet farm, people, you got a Morton Joe. It's just this huge, mm-hmm. beautiful chase guy ripping mm-hmm. on the guitar. Just absolutely wonderful. But I love the thing before that, when it's the gathering of the war boys to go start that initial chase against Furiosa. So yes, you just yeah. the energy, the, you can see just how their minds are just fucked at this point. You know, yeah. like they just yeah. truly, be- not a question in the world. They've never had a reason to doubt Furiosa. Just all of a sudden, somebody tells her, tells them that she's rogue, and they're all of one hive mindset. Yeah. She's rogue, and we yeah. got to go get her. And that energy, yeah. and that's where we really meet Nux for the first time, and Slit, and just it's such yeah. a wonderful sequence. And I love all the drums, and they're all gathered there, going down on the big platforms. I think mm-hmm. it's just, I thought it was just an yeah. amazing couple uh, shots. Yeah, uh, and you got that. Wise. And you got that amazing shot of all the steering wheels in this giant oh, yeah. pile, and just like the beam of light going down onto it, because that's you know that's Live their the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I I like the I like when the buzzards uh join in mm. on the chase. Uh, you know, so right when uh, all the war boys finally catch up with Furiosa, they know that they've got to fight off the buzzards before they can take their shot at mm-hmm. Furiosa. So, I mean, it's just intense. They're all just destroying each other's vehicles and stuff like that. You literally yeah. have uh, Max as the blood bag hooked up to Nux and on Slit, Nux and Slit's car, and they blow up a car right next to them. And you just have Max mm-hmm. like, he could have died right then and there. Oh, yeah. like shrapnel and shit yeah. like that. And it's an absolutely just, it's a fun sequence to watch because again, it's a lot of yeah. practical effects. But it also brings up one of the things um, that I'll bring up during uh, movie mistakes that I, oh, okay. I even noticed. And then one of my other favorite sequences is the sandstorm. So I feel like I'm going to be a little hypocritical here after I just spent earlier in the show talking about how much I hate CGI. I love (laughs) the sandstorm scene. I think it's just, it's, it's beautiful when you see it coming and then they enter it and it's just, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I have a lot of friends who have been over, uh, over in the Middle East and things like that, where sandstorms actually do exist, and they've yeah. seen this stuff with their real eyes, and they say that that's almost not yeah. not as detailed or colorful and stuff like that as the movie made it out to be. But like when yeah. you're in the middle of a sandstorm, they said that's almost what it just feels mm-hmm. like. The visibility is shitty. Yeah. You just got sand everywhere. It's literally covering everything. You don't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. So I and thought you know, it's. So go ahead, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say I thought that maybe that was a great that was a great practical thing that uh, George Miller threw in to make it as real as possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like going into this like the sandstorm scene, sandstorm scene, <laughs> I kind of always overlooked because you know it's this giant CGI fest, but then actually like paying attention to it whenever Nux is like in the uh, in his car, and I think I don't think or yeah, Nux Max is like on top. And you just see the tornado take out the one car and the guys are flying in the air. The like lightning's going off and you get this like orchestral music play and you're just like, wow, this is amazing. And you get a couple amazing lines from uh, Nicholas Holt in this Mm -hmm. scene as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I definitely agree with you on this scene. And I just thought of something going back to the first scene I listed with the war boys. Um, so when Nicholas Holt as Nux is uh, trying to fight for his steering wheel uh, with Slit and everything like that, you know how he headbutts Slit 
Did, yeah. Yeah. Did you notice how the screen flashed white as soon as he headbutted him? I did not no. notice. No. I invite you to go back and rewatch that scene. I loved movie. that little <laughs> touch that yeah. they whether that was done in editing or something I guess it had to have been done in editing. I love that little touch because basically that's exactly what Slit would have experienced the moment that he got knocked yeah. in the head by yeah, uh that's true. Nux's head but is just see white. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. another reason I love that scene because they just put little details in there like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, let's move on to quotable lines. Not a whole lot of lines in this movie, but I feel like there are some worth remembering. Who yeah, wants to go first? Uh, sure, I'll go. Um, go. So obviously there's like the main, like the huge lines that everyone knows from the, like the, the trailer or everything. Like those lines are amazing. I quote them every day to this day. <laughs> so I tried to pick out some other lines, which I thought were um, more like under the radar. So the one I went with uh, is Max's like opening monologue. Like I didn't write the whole thing out because it's so long, but he's talking, you know, eating the lizard and talking. And the one line I picked out was when he says, I am the one who runs from the living and the dead. Yes, and I really feel like that's an important line uh, right there, and an homage to the original Mad Max movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's funny. Marcus showed me he has the exact same line. <laughs> nice, it's a good line. It really is. What else you got? So going back to the scene, whenever Nux headbutt slit, and like Nux is, you know, he's has um, Tom Hardy hooked up to him. And uh, he's kind of arguing with Slit, and he says, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die historically on Fury Road. And you're just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I, I love that line. That's actually my favorite line from the whole movie. Nice, yeah. nice. That is a great um, line. It is. And then another line I put with Nux as well, it's kind of near the end whenever Nux is fighting with Furiosa on the side of the truck. And he's like talking about how it's his one chance to get to Valhalla, stuff like that. And she is going back and forth saying that Martin Joe is putting all this in your heads. And then Nux says to her, we're not to blame. And then she says to him, then who killed the world? And she just like headbutts him off the truck and he falls off. And you're just like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah, those are, those are a few that, uh, that I, I like. What do you got, Mark? Um, I wrote down some of the obvious ones. Oh, what a day. What a lovely day. (laughs) Thank you, Brooke, for bringing that up uh, (laughs) on my Instagram story. I can't believe I missed that opportunity. That's all good. Uh, I live, I die, I live again. And then he shoots himself in the face with the spray paint. Yeah, yeah. Um, By the way, I'm sorry. I would just want to interject. I love the whole idea behind the spray paint. Oh, oh yeah, my god. Definitely. The is first it... time it happens, yes. like whenever the one guy says witness me mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh my god, it's amazing. Yeah. And uh I think I read somewhere that the spray paint is actually meant to be uh have uh, some sort of um drugs or hallucinogenic properties or something like that. So basically mm-hmm. to help keep that mm-hmm. mind control in place like hey, yeah. I'm doing this for Morton Joan, I'm about to die, so and have yeah. no fear. Yeah. So yeah, I love that spray paint. <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no problem. So yeah, then I had the same one that Brooke had. I'm the one that runs from both the living and the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I wrote down like most, like not the whole monologue, but like that whole line. So it's, I'm the one that runs from both the living and the dead, hunted by scavengers, haunted by those who I could not protect. So I exist in this wasteland reduced to one instinct, survive. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a great one. Yeah, just that whole line. I love and it's it. funny because that's like the most lines he says in the whole movie. Yeah, it is, definitely. <laughs> uh, then my last one is whenever uh, Nux is talking with Emerton Joe and he's saying like, oh, there's a hatch on the truck. I know how to get inside. Um, I'll put a mm. pike in her spine so that she doesn't die. And then Emerton Joe says, no, I'll put a bullet in her head. And then yeah. uh, he said, if you kill her and bring back my five wives, I'll... I'll personally escort you to Valhalla or something like that. And then Nux says, am I awaited? Yeah. And, uh, Emerton Joe says, you will ride eternal shiny and Chrome. Yeah. I was going to actually mention that in my favorite scene. Cause after all that, you know, Nux is like fired up. He's about to go on and then he hops on the truck, starts running and his chain gets caught on the truck (laughs) and he falls off. And then Emerton Joe says some, some, uh, like, what is it that uh, he says? I can't remember some of some of like failure or something like that, but I just thought it was so funny. Like you think Nux is going to be the savior and finally do what he's always wanted to do. But then it's just his character just can't do it. Can't catch a break. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh, he says, ah, mediocre. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Mediocre. That's said a lot throughout that movie. Yeah. (laughs) Um, some of my favorite lines are definitely from Nux. Uh, you mentioned one of them, you know, I'm going to uh, die historic on Fury Road. Yeah. But there was another one that he said that I thought was actually kind of deep. You know, I live, I die, I live again. So they truly believe that once they leave this world, they are going to be welcome in Valhalla and they're going to live the life that they've always dreamed of, that they've worked so hard for. And that's that brainwash, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. So little do they know that, I mean, Hell, I could be wrong. Maybe there is. But little do they know, there's nothing waiting for them afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then the next line that really always caught my attention, it's when a Morton Joe is addressing the people from his tower and he's about to release the water on them. And he says, Mm -hmm. "Uh, do not, my friends, or no, he's already released the water. Do not, my friends, become addicted to water. It will take hold of you and you will resent its absence. And I really feel like that can be applied to a lot of what's happening in the world today. Uh, You know, a lot of these things are being given to us to help us through these hard times that we're going through with this pandemic and stuff like that. And then when, if life has the opportunity to return to normal, are we going to resent that normalcy Mm -hmm. that we once had? Are we going to regret giving up the things that were being handed out to us to quote unquote help us through Mm -hmm. uh, these hard times? So I really feel like that in 2015 or whenever uh, George Miller wrote this line, there's no way he could have really understood the real world implications, or maybe he did. Maybe yeah. he understood the real world yeah. implications of those lines. Um, Even and- like in this movie, sorry, no, um, go ahead. cut you off. Uh, like a Morton Joe is like a piece of shit in this movie, but just that one line, like he is fully correct in saying that. Mm-hmm. Like, cause the whole world, they don't like this world. They don't have that much water resource. So, you know, he is right when he says that. Yeah, but then it just, for him, it's another exertion of power over them. He controls that water. He controls that water spigot. Yeah. You know, so he's, it's just basically him saying, you know, 
I could take this away just as easily as I give it. And he proves that point. Mm -hmm. And then the other line, where did I put it? Where did I put it? It's uh, one between Max and Furiosa. Uh, she asks him, hey, what's your name? What do I call you? And he goes, what does it matter? And she goes, fine. I will yell fool. And when I yell fool, you will drive out of here as fast as you can. Yeah. That just goes back to that whole feeling where we, I just feel this isn't a Mad Max movie. It's just there for title purposes. They really don't want to call him by his name. They don't yeah. want to refer to him throughout this entire movie as Max. She want, she tries to understand who he is, but he doesn't want to mm -hmm. give her that opportunity. Yeah. So. yeah. But I always liked that line because I thought it was a fun little exchange between the two. Yeah. Anything else, guys? I got one more. Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah. So whenever the truck is like caught in the mud and Max tells him, like, go ahead up ahead a few um, miles or whatever. And he goes back to the, the bullet guy and just hear this explosion and stuff. And then Max comes walking up and uh, Zoe Kravitz sees he has like blood on his head and he's like putting water in something. And then she's like, are you OK? And he's like, looks over, like, kind of like, huh? And she's like, you're bleeding. And then Furiosa is just like, oh, it's not his blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So here comes the fun part. You've got to rate this movie on a scale of one to 10. This plot, how would you rate it? I gave it a 9.9 .9 out of 10. <laughs> oh, so where do we lose the little schmidge of a point? There's two little tiny plot holes that I'm going to be discussing because you have that as a segment. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, and that is literally the only two things, just me being nitpicky, mm -hmm. that are yeah. making it a perfect movie. Make, okay. Or deterring it from being a perfect yeah. movie. Okay. Right. I, I um, like that. So I gave it a 9.5. Like plot wise, there's like one little thing and there's a couple other things that I'll mention like the mistakes, but it's not like a huge mistake. Just something that kind of bothered me a bit. Yeah. But anyway, so for my half a point, it doesn't really fully explain Max's backstory. Like it kind of does a bit through visions and like you see these people like, obviously, he did something back, and I don't think this movie is connected to the other Mad Max movie at all. It, I yes. think George Miller basically said that <laughs> it takes place in the Sorry. same world, but it's supposed to yeah. be, like, a whole separate idea. Because, like, if I remember correctly, it's been, like, ages since I watched the first Mad Max. Yeah. His kid or daughter dies, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's wife. what I was thinking, like, the little girl in this movie, like, is it his daughter from that movie. So just like that little bit was kind of confusing. It doesn't mm -hmm. like, that's why he doesn't talk very much is because he doesn't, he remembers like he made a mistake back then maybe. So that's the, literally the only thing that kind of bothered me a bit with the, the story, but that's pretty much it. He's afraid to get close to people. Yeah. That's what it means. Yeah. But they were very ambiguous uh, with the flashbacks and stuff like, or the things he saw in his mm -hmm. mind and whatnot. You really don't have a backstory unless you've seen yeah. the other ones. But then again, yeah. you don't know if they're related or not. No. And like, it shows it a lot, like at the very beginning. And then it almost got him killed. But then <laughs> like, it kind of it happens more and more later on in the movie with this little girl showing up. So mm -hmm. I don't know. That's like a little bit that kind of bothered me a bit, but it's not, you know, too big of a deal. 
No, I agree. I agree. All right, guys. I'm going to give this a three out of ten. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, I was about to hit. That's <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. I, there's a whole point that I am going to take off, and I'm going to talk about it during one of the upcoming categories. Um, other than that, I think it's just an absolutely phenomenal film, and there's just... There's not a whole lot of reasons to hate on it. There's not a whole lot of reasons to really not like it. You just you you have to like I, I don't know. You don't even have to like action really. You just gotta be able to sit through a lot of nonstop action to really appreciate this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh which yeah. again, I guess is why my wife doesn't like it, because it doesn't give her mind a break anywhere <laughs> in the middle of it. Um, right. I mean there is there are some slow parts. Uh I just passed it. Uh, over here where you know they do they do find um the old women and stuff like that so those parts are kind of slow but um oh see now they're releasing the water on the world isn't that nice um (laughs) but yeah the i i will talk about why it doesn't get that uh extra point and get a solid 10 here in a little bit so that moves us on to plot holes and mistakes mark i'm gonna let you go ahead and uh go first on this one um I agree with what Brooke said, like the whole backstory. Like if you've never seen any of the previous movies, then you don't know what the hell's going on really mm-hmm. with all that. And I don't think that the vision is his daughter. Cause I'm pretty sure she calls him max at one point. Yeah. Yeah. She does. Like yeah. She continuously calls him max. So I, that's a very good I'm point. Assuming, I'm assuming it's not his daughter, yeah. um, but maybe like in the future installments, we find out who these people are. Um, one of the other things that I wasn't a huge fan of, Emerton's death scene, like he wears this mask, but like, it's like a respirator. But then I don't know if, unless maybe whenever she hooks the mask, she also hooks his bottom jaw. Cause whenever she pulls that or whenever it pulls the mask off, his whole like face like rips off basically mm-hmm. like yeah. its whole bottom jaw. So I don't know. Like, I just found like, was that respirator thing like connected to his face or was it like a regular respirator? I don't mm-hmm. know. Cause like at the start you see him getting all that gear put onto him. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. I don't think it was hooked onto his face in any way, shape or form. So unless she like hooked the repelling hook onto his face, then I don't see how it would kill him. Like how would that kill him? Hmm. I don't know. Good point. Um, and then whenever they return back to um, whatever the place is called, like at the very end of the movie, they find out like all of the people in this city or whatever, they find out that Immerton's dead and that they killed them. And like, that's their leader. You would think that there'd be some sort of like, holy shit, like we should kill mm-hmm. them because they just killed our leader, even though, like, yeah, he's brainwashed them all. Um, he's an asshole. He's done all these terrible things. Like, I understand, like, I don't know. I'm going to call them, like, townspeople. Like, the people that were on the lower level. Like, they would be happy, obviously. Mm-hmm. It, it would be, like, spoiler alert, when, like, Joffrey dies in Game of Thrones. Or Everybody's <laughs> happy. About it. Um, but, like, you would think his family and his, like, little warlords that are below him, you'd think that they would have some sort of... Um, was actually like anger towards it. funny you bring that up because this was going to be in one of my favorite scenes. Whenever that happens, the camera pans to one of his uh, his sons, like the little one who yeah, has a yeah. telescope. Yeah. And you see all the tiny little war boys, like the you know, 10 the to 12 year olds. Yeah. He sees that and then he looks at like the kids like, oh, fuck. And mm. they like look at him like, 
mm-hmm. all right, you can't, you're not protecting us now. So I don't think that their minds have gotten changed like the older war boys have. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think some war boys weren't fully committed to a Martin Joe like Nux or Slit mm-hmm. or the other ones were. I agree. And then some of the like uh, people that uh, were in a Morton Joe's kind of like, I'm not going to say inner circle, but in his uh, like personal care and stuff like that. So the women who were constantly being milked and things like that, they all know the truth behind. Mm -hmm. I I truly believe they all knew the truth behind who a Morton Joe was. So they're going to play a big role in the transition of that society to understand Mm -hmm. that a Morton Joe was actually an evil person. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Well, the one more thing too that I want like just briefly touch on, like whenever uh, you mentioned it before already, Chuck. Whenever um, uh, Max is on the front of the car as the blood bag, mm-hmm. and all these cars are exploding around him, and he's just like perfectly fine. Yeah. It it, it just it's not realistic. A lot mm-hmm. of this movie's not realistic, but I mean that mm-hmm. is, I mean he's wide out in the open. Like he would have taken the yeah, shrapnel some. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree yeah, with that. But that's it. Cool. Um, so I got a couple of things. Uh, I'll go with the first thing. Whenever they pull up to, they're about to like hand off the gasoline to uh, the dirt bike guys, forget what their names are. Max like has the gun pointed at Furiosa and the five wives are in the back. And then he, she goes to reach down. She, he's like, oh, no. He's like, give me that. That's a gun. And then he just mm. knows where every single gun is in her truck. Like he grabs, you know, one above her head, one under her. He points to a wife. He's like, here, pass me that one. He reaches behind his seat, grabs a gun. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you really know where all these guns are that she has hidden in yeah. this convoy. That's true. Um, so I know it's kind of like a funny scene. Um, and then one thing one scene that we didn't talk about, but is one of my favorites goes into something I hated visually about this. Uh, so the scene, whenever Furioso and Max are fighting with Nux chained to Max, that whole scene is just amazing. Mm-hmm. But then it gets to Furiosa. She doesn't have her metal arm on. And I didn't think her like fake arm looked that great no, it didn't. to be honest. Like when she just has half her arm, you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. that you can tell like that's just CGI'd out. Yeah. Um, so that's like another little thing that bothered me a bit, but you know. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. And I think that might have been the way they did that. I read that to achieve that, they put a green cast on the part right. of the arm they wanted to remove, which actually yeah. led to a uh, broken <laughs> nose for Tom Hardy at one point. But uh, it could have just been the way that they did that. So having to. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it not being that clean. But then But then also, sorry, I really liked how on her truck door on like the driver's side has this skeleton arm like on the outside, so it's kind of like her her like missing arms on the inside but then like the skeleton arms like on the outside. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like a nice little detail they had. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Well, that's that's like my little nitpicks there. <laughs> uh <laughs> I've only got one and it's something I don't think I noticed in the first few times that I watched it, but it's something I kind of noticed during the last few rewatches. So uh, when Tom Hardy as Max is being, has been hooked up as the blood bag to um, Nux and they're on the car, there's a point where 
when the car finally does flip and Max becomes free from it, you know, he's still connected by the chain and the bloodline to Nux. There's this long ass chain and line. And all of a sudden, in one of the next scenes, that line is super short. Like they're <laughs> yeah. just closer together, but there's not a whole lot of line between them. And uh, yeah. it's not very slack either. So you can tell that it's a shorter line. And then it goes yeah. back to being extremely long. So there's just some editing continuity errors. But for having three months worth of footage to go through, if she missed <laughs> a line here and there, I don't think I really should complain that much. Yes. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But uh, I don't really have anything outside of all the stuff that y'all already mentioned as well. Cool. So this is actually one of my favorite categories um, out of all of them. If there was anything you can change about this movie, what would it be and why? This is a great uh, what if scenario. Yeah. Make it your movie. <laughs> all right. Um, this would probably wouldn't make it as good in the box office, but change it to Furiosa Fury Road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's like literally the only thing that would change this movie. It's not perfect, obviously, because I give it a 9.5 out of 10. But this is always in my top five, um, no matter what. Even like Mark said, probably top three. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't change anything about this movie. Okay. Mark? I didn't have this written down, but Brooke, I like what you mentioned earlier about like the flashbacks, like finding out who Max is. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. like we know from his opening monologue he used to be a cop and all this stuff but like what happened to this child and this woman like yeah why is he running from the living and the dead mm-hmm. like why is he on the run yeah. and i think you add like maybe 15 20 minutes of a backstory there and then 15 20 minutes at the end once they get back there like don't just end the movie yeah. as soon as they drop in and joe off of the truck mm-hmm. like i want to see what their plan is like what Furiosa is going to do. Yeah. Um, Cause she's, I'm assuming she's going to be the new leader of this place. Cause everybody already kind of respected her. Mm-hmm. Like you, you see in that opening scene, like whenever she's going to gas town, like they all call her boss. Yeah. Whenever they're yeah. on the truck with her. Yeah. So I want to know what she's going to do with, with the city. And uh, it's like the movie's called Mad Max. And Max is honestly probably the least interesting character in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And like you have so many characters who whose arc is way better and interesting than his. So, but, yeah. Yeah. Which that actually leads me to the one thing I would change about this movie is I would have the complete removal of Max from this movie. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. seriously. He's you, pointless. Yeah, he, he is pointless. Mm-hmm. If you really think about this movie, you could remove the Max character and really nothing changes. The plot moves forward yeah. as it should. The only difference yeah. you're going to have is you're not going to have him there in those specific fight scenes with, uh, you know, fighting alongside mm-hmm. Furiosa and stuff like that. And But you could have easily put another character in that spot and it would have been yeah. just as good, if not better. So that's the one reason I don't give this a full 10 out of 10. Uh, despite mm-hmm. it, like we said million times already this episode, despite it being a Mad Max movie, this mm-hmm. was not a Max movie, and Max's name should have not ever been associated with this movie, and the character should have just been wiped out altogether. Yeah, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So if yeah. I were to go back and tell George, if I were to go back in a time machine to 2013, 2014, and tell George Miller, "Hey, this is what you should do with this movie," that would be it. Just remove yeah. Max, yeah. make it all about yeah. Furiosa, make it all about Nux, because those were yeah. your two best characters. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that, like, 
before the movie came out, you know, you're hearing rumors that um, Tom Hardy is playing uh, Max um, in a new movie. And you just think, all right, fuck yeah, you know, got the best Australian action star in Hollywood right now reprising this role um, in lieu of uh, Mel Gibson playing, you know, Mm. Mad Max. You're like, hell yeah. But then, you know, when you really think about it, like, (laughs) cut out Tom Hardy, you know, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And again, I... I feel bad for tom i really i really don't yeah. feel like it's his yeah. fault i just no. don't no, i no, don't no. feel like george miller ever truly intended for max yeah. to be the star yeah and so maybe in the next in the upcoming movies it will be a little bit more max centric and then it'll all start to make sense but if this were just going to be a standalone mm-hmm. film then i really feel like you wasted an opportunity here and yeah it just was not a good vehicle for tom hardy mm-hmm. no Pun intended? <laughs> of course. Um, so we've just spent like the last hour and a half talking about this, but you know, what makes this movie great or bad aside from all the stuff that we've already mentioned? I mean, seriously. Um, I was just like, you talked about at the beginning, like this movie, when it gets down to it, is the practical effects. Like in the first 30 seconds, there's a car chasing, a car gets flipped over, big explosion, mm-hmm. a minute into the movie, and you're just like, okay, this is what I came to the movie theater for. <laughs> yes. And then right after that, you get, you know, the epics, like, opening title soundtrack of that, mm-hmm. dun, 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 whatever. And then you get this <laughs> epic, that's Terminator, I think. But, you know, yeah, um, but uh, then you get this epic, like, chase scene of Tom Hardy running away from the War Boys and... Mm-hmm. That's that's what makes this movie great is all the practical effects, all the cars, you know, the guys swinging on these big poles and like those are fucking high up in the air. And that's like legit actors, you know, Mm -hmm. doing this stuff and the explosions are real. And it's that's what makes this movie amazing to me. This had to be such a fun movie to watch being made right there on the scene. Yeah, Uh, it had to have been. I'm sure it was very daunting and grueling in some parts, especially filming out in the middle of the desert, but yeah, still would have, I just, I probably would have been in awe the whole time just watching it all happen. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, don't keep your paycheck. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. No, never mind. Give me the paycheck. Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny. Like actually just thinking about it, like comparing this like side by side to like Terminator two, it's like, yeah, Arnold is like the main star, but then everyone talks about like Sarah Connor from that movie and how mm-hmm. badass she was in it. And you know, the same goes to, goes with Furiosa in this movie. Linda Hamilton was definitely the star of T two. She was just yeah. she was kick ass and yeah, and she didn't come Dark into it Fate an hour into the movie. Yeah, right. And Dark yeah. Fate did not do her any justice. No. I've been avoiding that movie just because I haven't avoid it as best. long as possible. It took <laughs> okay. me like four days to watch it. I just I kept having to stop. Yeah, fuck. But yeah, like that's so that's like that's what makes it great is you know Furiosa, mm-hmm. the characters, um, the practical effects. Uh, yeah, just amazing. 
I couldn't have said it better myself. Mark? Then me and yeah. I'm on the same boat. <laughs> Everything about it. All right. So miscellaneous talking points about this movie. Is there any random trivia that y'all found in your research or anything like that or anything you want to discuss Mad Max Fury Road related? Um, I was kind of thinking like I kind of give props to George Miller because a lot of these big franchises, you know, they show up, you know, 10, 12 years later and then they always seem to sneak in the original star of the movie somehow you know, like with like the newest Evil Dead and like Bruce Campbell at the <laughs> yeah. end with the like that's amazing. I love it. But a lot Great of these, movie. you know, yeah, yeah, a lot of these, you know, action movies, they'll somehow sneak in a little cameo or something from like the original. You know, they would have had Mel Gibson show up at some point in this movie, and that didn't happen because this is its own movie. And I kind of like props to George Miller for not uh, bringing in his little pal Mel Gibson. I did read, though, you know, he wanted to make sure Mel Gibson was involved in the movie in way like, you know, not not so much as has a say in it, but, you know, kind of gauge how Mel Gibson felt about the movie. So I remember yeah. reading that when he premiered the movie at one of the festivals or something like that, he invited Mel Gibson to be there, sat next to Mel Gibson. I was just going to keep saying Mel Gibson over and over. Um, <laughs> you know, sat they sat next to each other and. George said he spent a majority of the time watching Mel because he wanted to make sure Mel liked this movie. Yeah. And in the end, Mel did. He said, uh, he, you know, he gave George props for just delivering an absolutely wonderful movie. He even gave Tom Hardy his blessing before production began yeah, was, to uh, take on that role. So, and I, I think that says a lot because, you know, despite how you may feel about Mel Gibson as a person, because he's, he's had a little shady of a past and stuff like that. He is a great actor and he's an even better director. I, I can't think of a movie yeah, he's directed yeah. that I despise, quite honestly, yeah. that I've seen anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what else you got? Yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff that I had written down, we've I've kind of touched on throughout the whole episode. Yeah, same. Um, there was one thing that uh, I did kind of look up as we were talking. So we were talking about uh, Tom Hardy not having a whole lot of lines throughout this. So there's actually somebody went through and said that counting his opening voiceover monologue and mm -hmm. it, stuff like that, he had exactly 52 lines of dialogue yeah. in this two hour <laughs> wow. plus movie. Yeah. Now, it's does crazy. that include his little grunts? No, that does not include the grunts, according to this. If you take out the grunts, then it's literally just 52 lines of him actually saying words. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's wild. And he's the star. And he's the star. Yeah. I yeah. wonder how much he got paid compared to Charlie's Theron. Yeah, no kidding. Just saying. I feel like, uh, like I'm getting, I don't know. Like, I feel like they had him in there in order, like, we've obviously talked about, like, oh, we put, they put the Mad Max name on there just to get viewers. Mm -hmm. But, like, I feel like they put him on there, too, just so that there's, like, a, a male lead because, like, women can't be action stars. Like, I don't know and if I'm touching on a... No, I think you're, I think you're touching on something very important here because, you know, it's still, it's 2020 and what, this is 2015. So we're only talking about five years. <laughs> you don't have women leads and at least you didn't have women leads in movies like this 
why mm-hmm. it, it just wasn't a common occurrence. I'm not going to say that's yeah. exactly why Tom Hardy was there or the character of Max was included in it. It it could have very well been a female showboat and still been a great movie. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. But we're starting to see it a little bit more now, and as overrun as we may feel by Marvel and DC movies, those have definitely helped pave the way a little bit more for females mm-hmm. to kind of take charge. Mm-hmm. We got Wonder Woman, uh, you know, both that and the sequel coming out. Captain, uh, Marvel. It, Captain Marvel wasn't a great movie, but Captain no. Marvel is out there. So it they are proving that women can take the lead in these types. Horror movies have been doing it forever, so I don't understand why action movies can't get behind this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Horror movies have been putting women on the yeah. front lines forever, and action yeah. movies just don't want to like follow yeah. that trend, and I don't know why. Yeah. Unless her name is Uma Thurman. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's Kill true. Bill. That's a good point. Kill Bill. That is a great point. But like Charlize Theron, she did uh, Atomic Blonde also, and like oh, that was yeah. that was a wicked action movie. Yeah. That was a great, yeah. Movie. But that was also newer than this one. I think that came in like 2017 or 2018, yeah. maybe. Did you have uh, Scarlett Johansson? What she did, Lucy? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Angelina Jolie did Salt. Salt. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Tomb Raider. Come on, you know yeah. Tomb Raider. Oh, who can forget the best Tomb Raider? Yeah, I didn't like that yes. one. The new uh, one was based off like the newer video game, so like, yeah, it was kind of weird. It, yeah, yeah, it wasn't that great. Uh, I like me some Angelina Jolie, uh, Lara mm-hmm. Croft, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, there was another one I was just thinking of, and now I can't think of. I uh, remember it. Shit. Oh well, it'll come back to me later. But uh, yeah, I, I re- Hollywood still has a long way to go to uh, really. Mm-hmm throw away these old stereotypes or these old thought processes. Uh, I think uh, not to get too, too deep on this, you know, the me too movement has really helped Mm -hmm. that as well. Women are capable of being their own, standing their own, holding their own. I mean, we've got female directors. uh, uh, One of my favorite directors, Catherine uh, Bigelow. Yeah. She's Wonder Woman, right? No. She the one that did one. No, no. uh, She did a Hurt Locker. Oh, oh right. yes. yeah, yeah. She used yes. to be married to James Cameron, but she's the yeah. she was the first female director to ever win an Oscar and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I mean it is possible. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh anything else, guys? I think I've gone through all my notes. Yeah, I think we oh, much- oh. I did have one more. So we were talking about the rating of this movie. So this was rated R. There were two versions of this movie cut. There was a PG-13 version and there was an R-rated version and Warner Brothers decided they liked the R-rated version better. I could not imagine what the PG-13 version of this movie would look no. like. No. Yeah, I don't even want to know, to be honest. No, me either. Yeah. Because they like, um, I think around Christmas time last year, they released that uh, Deadpool. Um, yeah. The PG-13 one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I haven't seen yet, but I just couldn't imagine what it would be like. Uh, I did not waste my time it. with it. Yeah, yeah, no, me either. But, uh, yeah. If if it's not R-rated, I don't want to see a Deadpool that isn't R-rated. Yeah, definitely. I I definitely know I've talked about this before. Um, R-rated superhero movies are the best ones to have because you can finally get gritty. You can finally get dirty. Deadpool Mm -hmm. was perfect. Logan, absolutely amazing. Um, I'm not going to say Suicide Squad was... No, Suicide Squad was PG-13. It was. And it was awful. Yeah. It and was, it was yeah. awful. Uh, Joker, 
uh, rated R and just absolutely phenomenal film. So R rated superhero or anti superhero movies are capable of going out there and being amazing and doing great things. So yeah, Yeah. sometimes you just need that R rating to tell your story. Look at how violent the comic books are. And absolutely. Like, it, it's fine because mm-hmm. it's a cartoon, basically. Like, it's a drawing. Yeah. So let it be as violent as it wants to be. Mm-hmm. But then whenever they put it on yeah. on film, they have to dumb it down and take care of all that <laughs> crap. Yeah. Because, like, they're obviously trying to focus more on the children. Yeah. Like, like I find, yeah. I don't know. I mean, even, like, in today's standards, how often do you see a rated R comedy be released to the theaters anymore? That's true, too. Hmm. You know, you don't you don't get those comedies like we used to in the early two thousands, like Step Brothers, and yeah, yeah, they don't make yeah. movies like yeah. that anymore. Uh, no. Robbie and I were just talking about uh, don't mess <clears throat> the don't mess with the Zohan, <laughs> and uh, they would not make a movie uh, like that today. Unfortunately, no, no, no. We're like Borat, Borat. Yeah. Oh my god, Borat, <laughs> The Hangover. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those. That I, that kind of cinema is just unfortunately a dying breed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I digress. Well, guys, uh, I want to thank you all for coming on to my show and talking about this absolutely wonderful movie. I hope we did it justice for all the people out there listening. Uh, I had a blast. Yeah, me too. I had a blast of this, and uh, yeah, I'm glad we could do this. Thanks again for having us on, and uh, look forward to doing this again. Oh yeah, we could definitely got to do sure. this again soon. Um, I want to just give y'all one last opportunity here. Uh, I know y'all plugged the show earlier, but where can people find y'all uh, if they are interested in learning a little bit more about you? Uh, so we're on Instagram, like everybody else is. <laughs> uh, we're also on the slasher app which is um like a horror based community app um that's really kind of gaining steam so it's the it's slasher uh app. that's awesome man. yeah 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 it's, it's newer but yeah. yeah it's almost like a, a mesh of like instagram and facebook with like strictly horror kind of theme to it that's but it's, cool yeah it's pretty cool uh we we just joined uh the world of 2020 and uh, made a facebook account yeah (laughs) still trying to figure it out as i was talking with chuck today (laughs) i'm surprised it wouldn't let you do the tagging like that because it was yeah Yeah. like i said it should work the same as instagram you just that's what i thought symbol and type anyways Like we said, we're still trying to get uh, in with 2020 and Facebook, so, you know. I'm always trying Um, to find reasons to drop Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, But, yeah, we're also on, like, um, all the podcast platforms, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Bean, I don't know, just whatever one that you use, we're probably on it. Yeah. I think there's a couple that people have said they couldn't find us on, but we use the we use anchor to distribute all of our episodes so they're usually pretty good at getting everything out there guys go check out a podcast on elm street it is really awesome i'm a little partial to one of their episodes dead silence but hey that's me Um, (laughs) but uh no great episodes talk about really great stuff guys thank you so much for joining me on this one and i can't wait to have you all back on and uh, we'll talk about another great movie at some point I get to pick the next one. Yes, you do get yeah. to pick the next one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks, Chuck. It's going to be yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks for having us, Chuck. Yeah, no, no problem, guys. And uh, 
for all you listeners out there, you know, just continue to stay safe, wear a mask where you need to, and uh, maybe by this time, drive-in theaters will have finally kicked off like they keep saying it will. If not, just stay on your couch and continue streaming movies, and I will see you at the next episode. 